So processes of jitta and uh, touched into some of these sense bases of consciousness, the mental base, the visual base, bodily base, the auditory base, sense of when hearing arises and started as we entered meditation just uh, coming to the bodily base, steadying that and then witnessing the mental base, the phenomena of thoughts, impressions, trajectories, programs, thoughts and emotions essentially, all this can be covered in that particular reference, and the contact, the way that is sort of prickle, stimulate, tease, tickle, puncture, (laughs) the jitta, (laughs) and then then things start moving. (laughs) And so then we're just spreading and widening that out so that that, uh, those tendencies, um, those tendencies, like the jitter sore spots, the jitter reactive spots, um, are not um, getting so much being presented. And these these sensitive spots are, are karma, karma formations. Another way in which sankharas are translated, it means through particular long-term activities, uh, tendencies, inclinations of mind, that we establish certain places in our jitta are pretty volatile, you know, um, you know so we can get offended or we get very active or urgent or we feel depressed and well this is based upon human contact, generate a lot of karma just through human contact, that's the primary source of it and all that that brings up, you know, um, and in this uh, this kind of more, more sense of time and planning and uh, all that brings up a certain you know energy to to make it work or to, to arrive at completion to finish the job to find satisfaction to clear things to resolve something you know this is the power tanha kind of thirst to get things sorted out uh, you know, it's not, and there's a fine point between tanha and chanda. Chanda meaning a certain sense of motivation. Let's just be serious. Let's be steady about what we're doing here. Um, and tanha is more like a, a almost like I can't stop. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a, it's a thirst. It's more more deeply rooted sort of pathology than motivated desire. You know. And so people find themselves just can't stop running, can't stop fidgeting, restless, or can't stop negative impressions, feeling depressed. It comes rolling over. We don't decide to. It just happens. So these are the tendencies that, that are get engraved or wrapped around the chitta. And, and so you can kind of work with them, but general strategy is you find what's clear and good and you make that chitta more comfortable and then you can withdraw as you begin to recognize you know the hot spots you withdraw so you've got a chance just to be deactivated and then the chitta can heal rather like you've got a cut on your skin uh, or a rash 
and you keep things keep going there. Like you've got a you know you've got a rash or something, and then you find your attention keeps going, and you're scratching it to make it better, and you keep feeling it and going there. Mm. So the strategy is first put some balm on it to soothe it, but also just withdraw your attention from it. You know, the back. Then allow the healing process. Body will still be there doing its healing process. And this is a you know simple analogy. Notice sometimes when you get the dog has some sort of operation on his ears or something, put a paper collar around it so he can't scratch his ears. Because he'll keep he's gonna have some operation or something on his ears or his face, he can't scratch it. I think we should have these two. On our chitta, so we can't just keep scratching away at those at those sore spots because <laughs> it's just so instinctive, you know, the grudge or the, the craving. If only you can scratch, scratch, scratch. <laughs> and so just oh, just restraint. This is called restraint. <laughs> uh, so. And certainly one of the <laughs> reasons why I went to a monastery because I knew I needed a paper collar. <laughs> I needed something to to place that on me to stop doing the stuff. <laughs> and then eventually you got it establishing that you you got the skill to know what to do. So um, yeah. And then every time we, but if we do, then this is this causes this bleeding to occur, asava. You could call it bleeding, leaking, bleeding. Perhaps a power, more powerful metaphor. The stuff, the disease oozes out, and then it makes it all worse. So you just got to stop doing it. But what's going to nutsaya is the tendency to do that. And the asava, then when you do it, then the asava, you know, bubbles up again. The asava, the leakage, the outflow. So they say if you also if you withdraw the anutsia, the asavas dry up. And these outflows into becoming you know, sensuality. And so sometimes just kind of learn training oneself to sit and do nothing without falling without falling asleep. Just 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 hold hold awareness of your body lightly. And do nothing. I mean, that's <laughs> just to, to know that there's that possibility, not as a way of life, but that there's a, there's a dimension where there can be awareness and jitter can be there, but it's not. You're restraining it, refraining from activity. Mm. A, but still, do remember the, these, and also have to be. You know, made uh, or become available so that you can see what has to be dealt with, and you know, it's not about being ignorant about it. The few um, sutta quotes here that are quite uh, supportive and interesting from the Sangyutta Nikaya. There's three very similar ones. 
7 Newton Nikaya 12, Book of Causation, Nidana Vaga. Really a very powerful, powerful section in Nidana Vaga. It deals with dependent origination. And um, some of it one doesn't immediately understand, but you sometimes, looking at the flow of it, you get a sense of understanding if you can't understand every detail. So 38, 1238, what one intends, what one plans, and what one, whatever one has a tendency towards, this becomes a basis for the maintenance of consciousness. When there is a basis, there is a support for the establishing of consciousness. When consciousness is established and come to growth, there is the production of future renewed existence. With renewed existence, there is future birth, aging and death, sorrow, lamentation, pain, displeasure and despair. If one does not intend, does not plan, but still one has a tendency towards something, this becomes a basis for the maintenance of consciousness and so forth. When one does not intend, does not plan, and does not have a tendency towards anything, no basis exists. When there is no basis, there is no support for the establishing of consciousness. When consciousness is unestablished, does not come to growth, there is no production of future renewed existence. Future birth, ageing and death, sorrow, lamentation, pain, displeasure and despair cease. Um, the other suttas say similar, there's a sequence of them, but um, they add a little more detail. Uh, intend, plan, had tendency towards maintenance of consciousness, the basis for the support for the establishing of consciousness. When consciousness is established, there has come to growth. There is a descent of name and form. Name and form as a condition, the six sense bases come to be. Six sense bases as conditioned contact. Contact as conditioned feeling. Feeling as conditioned craving. Craving as a condition clinging. Clinging as, ex as a condition existence. Existence as a condition birth, aging, death and so forth. Mm. Similarly, when you turn again, when consciousness is a similar thing, 40th Sutta, so it begins the same way then, when consciousness is established, has come to growth, there is inclination. Where there is inclination, there is coming and going, passing away and being reborn. If one does not intend, does not plan, and does not have a tendency, there is no basis, no support, does not come to growth, no inclination, no coming, no going, no passing away and being reborn. Mm. So these are you know pieces, the details. You might wonder what you know wonder what he's talking about, or perhaps interpret or perhaps misinterpret. Uh, but you see the kind of a certain sense of there's a condition pr process there, starting with planning and in, and intending 
and having a tendency towards. Now this is not, say, you know, planning like, um, okay, I'm planning to go to Lisbon next week, so I need to get a train and da-da-da-da. That's just kind of, you know, that's just um, things you do. Planning is, is like feverish. I've got to go, I really want to, you know, I've got to do this and I'll do that and I'll be there and then I'll go there and this will be nice and perhaps if I make that work for her, this will work out there. There's this sense of I need a future, I need a future, I need a future, I want to make the future something. It's not just a matter of fact, matter of going to a business meeting or something, it's this kind of inner fever for it, for a future inclination. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's essentially this this feverish uh, process that the Buddha is referring to. And if we look in, I'll get back to those in due course. I just refer you to another sutta, twelve sixty four, Sumutikaya twelve sixty four, about passion. When there is no desire, relishing and craving for contact. So it's rather long, but um, this is the last piece of it. Um, contact, mental volition, having something to do, craving to have to, something to do. Consciousness, craving to have something appear in your in your consciousness, craving to have a sight or a sound or you know that kind of stuff. Um, if there's no passion for that. No delight, no craving. Consciousness does not become established there and come to growth. So a similar process. Doesn't become to growth. There's no descent of name and form. Where there's no descent of name and form, no growth of volitional formations. No growth of volitional formations, no production of future renewed existence. So some translators translate this as Name and form are not conceived. There's no growth of choices. So you see how this is both these. This is translation of sankara, and you see just how people have trying to make this word clear. And there, you can see that the different different translators attempt different ways to bring this into you know into something you can get get hold of. But volitional formations, choice. Uh, is a nice word because it's nice and simple, but sometimes, it, you know, these choices are barely choices. They're almost reflex. <laughs> you know, reflex, go for it, go for it, go for it, you know. Like something makes, something makes a decisive, yeah. You know, that's, that's the sankara. Something jumps up and goes for it. So with this, there's the production of future existence. And if one does not have passion for contact, this is one's mind is not inflamed, not doesn't have these places where doesn't mean that you can't hear or see it means you don't get that hit you're not searching for that hit uh, something isn't searching for that hit and some of this searching for hit is the stimulation interest that we have like to read something listen to something 
hear something, go out, you know, have some stuff happening to me. That's a sort of what, one way which we have pa- passion for contact, otherwise I get bored, restless, fidgety, anxious. You know. Um, so this is, yeah. uh, and also even more more subtly, um, to to have to um, have bright ideas. You know, so something see lit up. One can feel. I think one certainly one of the challenges in in uh, monastic life is it can get very boring. Um, it's the same old thing every day. You know something. You know, it can be like that, not much stimulation, and you start to get a bit sort of, ah. <laughs> uh, uh, then you to contemplate what, 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 what is it that seeks contact? Uh, and that's chitta. Can we come back to knowing that seeking contact and be the knowing of that and the calm the energies of that there's a certain restless steady the energies of that because we are making contact most important thing to make contact with is your chitta the rest of it Good, bad, it comes and goes. The most important thing to have contact with is your own chitta. If that becomes difficult, then try a mantra. Yeah, something simple and steady, or do some walking. So there's something, the chitta has got something to contact that is not um, about searching and craving, mm. steadying instead. Very often, these uh, this process of educating the chitta when it's available is in terms of various introducing various perceptions and various meanings. Uh, so, one of these is the meaning or the perception of changeability. This too will pass. This formation, however uncomfortable it is, however pressing it is, however silly it is, however embarrassing it is, however crazy it is, it will the nature to pass. And the fascinating is the nature to pass. However delicious it is, it will pass. Cultivating this perception was like a mantra in your mind. You know, you see something in the Nichang. Taste something, remember the Nichang. Nichang. A sense of seeing the unattractiveness, sense phenomena. Food, when you chew it, looks nice on the plate. Uh, dished up, looks quite nice on the plate. But of course, the main point of food is to when it goes into your body and becomes dissolved. And when that does that, it's no longer at all attractive. When you, within a few seconds of putting it in your mouth, it's. Not doesn't look very good at all, and uh, if you get it down to your stomach, all the acids mix up with it, it tastes taste horrible, you vomit it. So, you just recognize this is you know, this, it's it's attractiveness, is a very transitory phase, 
perhaps not the most useful aspect of food. The most useful act of food is when it is mush and then the stomach's digesting it. Tra- attractiveness of the body. You know, bodies generally look attractive, skin looks nice, shape looks nice. You go a few millimetres in past the skin, you know, it's not attractive. Some places are quite you know, ugly, you know, quite deeply unattractive, viscera, um, and so on. So, you know, the odours inside a body, the, the fluids, um, not doesn't attract. I mean, you can become stoical about it, but it certainly doesn't don't get get drawn towards it. Just how much goes into decorating a body in in conventional life fashion industry, beautification industry, massive, to try to make something more than it is. Because as it is, it's just what it is. <laughs> so can you bring these things like this to mind? Perception of uh, world weariness, that is, the world just keeps going on, struggles and conflicts doesn't end. It's always quarrelling, unsettled, restless. Um, doesn't mean you don't try to help out where you can, but also, you know, you have a sense of, yeah, this is this is just the stuff we have to deal with. It's not the place you're really going to make great progress in. Uh, great progress is going to be made in purifying your citta. And if part of the purify your jitter is to work skillfully in the world, as as I do in my way, um, you know, then do it. You know, I've been certainly advocating against drink and drugs for the last thirty-five years, and the drink industry has not faltered at all. <laughs> it's prospered, so you don't expect it's ever going to win but it doesn't mean you stop saying it <laughs> please refrain from drinking <laughs> meanwhile you know johnny walker sales go up and <laughs> that's the way it goes so yeah but, but it doesn't mean you don't you don't you keep going because somebody will hear it somebody will hear it and somebody will, yeah somebody will get it but the world in general will have to keep going through those same, the new people come along, they get the same, fall into the same traps, same delusions, you know, same same issues, same craving, the same fears, the same boredom. Stimulation industry prospers around human love, of human love for contact stimulation. Someone even teaches it, it sounds boring, which just kind of dumb everybody down. No, no, it means make contact with what's the most profitable thing. Like your own your own beauty, the beauty of your chitta. Contact with quality of loving kindness. Mm. Contact with spaciousness and knowing. Make contact with that. Contact with qualities that don't spin spin further on and on and on. Contact with the quality of dispassion. The sequence uh, associated with the 
deliverance and insight teachings is uh, detachment, viveka, dispassion, viraga, ceasing or dying down, subduing, niroda, relinquishment, or sucker. And uh, if you gain one of these very nice recollection or understanding of um, process, Majjhima Nikaya 64, when the person reviews the aggregates, feeling, perception, formations and conscience sees those states as impermanent, as dukkha, as a dis-ease, as, a collapse, as an alien, as disintegrating, as void, as not-self, turns away from the aggregates, turns his jitter away from the aggregates and directs it towards the deathless element. Yeah. Contact with the deathless element. Turns his jitter away from the aggregates to the deathless element thus. This is peaceful. This is sublime. That is the stilling of sankharas. The relinquishment of all attachments, all tendencies, all um, acquisitions, all karma tendencies. Relinquishing them. The relinquishment of those. The destruction of craving, dispassion, cessation, nibbana. If you're steady in that, it attains the destructions of the asava. If he doesn't attain the destruction of the asava because of desire for dhamma, delights in dhamma, then he reappears spontaneously in the pure abodes and to attain final nibbana there. And in these, when we talk about births and becoming and abodes, it's easy to get pictures of places in your mind, or maybe a pure abode somewhere up in the sky, or but uh, often expressioning which comes across as cosmological, perhaps should be considered more like psychological. So the ongoing flow of existence is this psychological stream of energy flowing out, and that leads to becoming something in the future, if it's even if it's tomorrow. And according to the teaching, with the termination of this life energy, that process launches the chitta into another set of aggregates. So, this is kanda thing, you know, you know, because it's nobody else teaches that apart from the Buddha. You know, this is definitely a, a Buddha's way of comprehending. And the phrase associated with it, uh, you know, release from the aggregates, turn to the deathless. Isn't it interesting that jitta is somehow separable from the aggregates, separable from sense consciousness? You know, it, it seems so welded, our knowingness, our awareness seems so welded to 
contact perceptions and feelings and yet there can be a turning away through, through what, the stilling of activities of sankharas softening so there's a possibility to not be in that compulsive grip and push and then and then it turn to the deathless element what is that? so withdrawing into the place the stillness of the chitta and this may not be available but at least bear it in mind as part of the, the map that this may become available for you from time to time now in the future these are these are very long term long life long term teachings and then we are the, this is useful because he's not saying it's actually sense data are not the issue you know, with the aggregates it's not sense data it's sense contact contact is part of the sankara aggregate so it's that moment or that, that place that which your mind jumps up at is the jumping up or the sinking down or the agitation or the stirring and that's the kanda it's not sight and sound it's the agitation that's caused by them the way they burrow in that's the that's the kanda that's contact remember the image of the cow with the skin stripped off that's what he said and the cow getting bitten by flies and whatever and this is the image he uses for contact what gets under your skin Uh, and by and large it's not sights and sounds it's mental impressions Mm -hmm. make contact painful memories uh, longings Mm -hmm. perceptions of other people Mm -hmm. concerns and worries about the way things could be or should be or are or were that gets under your skin Keeps, keeps people awake at night. But apart from the details of what contacts us, is there a possibility for the jitta to withdraw by turning towards the knowing, by inclining back, withdrawing pure consciousness or pure jitta? And what is this? Then the Buddha again gives his image, which I mentioned before. Say that, Suppose bhikkhus is a house or a hall with a peaked roof with windows on the northern, southern and eastern sides and the sun rises. A beam of light enters the window. Where would that beam of light become established? Well, they say it would become established on the western wall. Venerable sir, light comes in through the east shines on the western wall if there were no western wall where would it be established well if you took the wall down it would land on the earth if there were no earth where would it be established on the water they believe the earth floated in a great cosmic ocean so they take the earth away there's the great waters underneath it 
If there were no water, what would be, where would it become established? It would not become established anywhere, Venerable Sir. So too, bhikkhus, there's no passion for food, contact, volition, consciousness. Consciousness does not become established, there's no coming to growth. So this, this sense of this luminosity, jitta. Now, which is an image that comes up from time to time. Now imagine you're you know, sitting on the face of the moon with your space suit on, and you look around and you see where's the sun over there, and there's the earth. The earth is glowing, glowing. Why is it glowing? Because the sun is shining on it. So then they tell you that, well, what's happening is the beams of light from the sun are travelling so many millions of kilometres and landing on the earth. And you say, no, the earth is shining. I don't see any rays of light running through space. Space is completely dark. Yeah. The space between the earth and the sun is dark. There's no rays of light there. So yes, there are. No, it's the earth is glowing and the sun is glowing. You don't see the light travelling between the two. You only see the glowing earth and the sun. But then if, if some other object, the planet gets in the way between the earth and the sun, the earth disappears. Why did it stop glowing? Why did the earth stop glowing? Well, because the sun isn't sending light onto it anymore. No, no, no. Somebody's taken the earth away. <laughs> they've, t- they've stolen the earth. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just the sun. There's something blocking the light from the sun. They say, well, I can't see any rays of light streaming across the heavens to light the earth up. How is that happening? <laughs> you see what I mean? Light only becomes visible when it hits something. So if the light shines on a red wall, we see red. The light shines on a blue wall, we see blue. Right? Is the light blue? No. Is it red? No. What colour is it? Well, it depends what it lands on. If it lands on green, it's called green. So the green or the red or the blue is consciousness. Jitta lands on taste consciousness, taste consciousness lights up. Jitta lands on touch consciousness, touch consciousness lights up. You can see this for yourself, where you bring your attention. Right now, I hope some of you are listening to me. <laughs> but if we stop listening to me for a moment and say, where's, my, where's the toe of my right toe of my big toe of my right foot with a bit of attention, big toe of your right foot would come into into awareness, wouldn't it? It wasn't there before. And now, oh, there it is. Yeah, that, that feeling there. Where's it been? It was there all the time. No, it wasn't. It wasn't there before. There was Ajahn Sajito. No, no, your, foot, your toe was always there. Just you, your your jitter wasn't there with it. When your jitter shines on your toe, your toe rises up, right? Your jitter can't. Your 
Like when the sun shines on the earth, the earth lights up. When your jitta turns towards the toe, the toe lights up. When it turns towards my voice, my voice lights up. Hearing lights up. If you turn it towards, you know, the silence, the silence lights up. If you turn it towards your, th- your thoughts, they light up. Turn it towards your problems, they light up. And unfortunately, what occurs with jitta is that jitta has all kinds of preloaded tendencies that it turns towards. So they keep lighting up. You turn towards your scars and rashes, they light up. <laughs> yeah. Where were they? <laughs> and then they, oh, they're always here because you keep turning your attention towards them and then they get bigger and then as they get bigger your energies run down them after they run down them they erupt they become more inflamed more established but with the withdrawal of attention from this and from that turning attention back upon itself listening to the listening Knowing the knowing, tension doesn't go out. Uh, so, is it, there's nothing there. And if we look at the conversation between Sariputta and Mahakotita, he says, "Is it the case that when contact sense sense contact ceases, there's nothing?" He said, oh, "No, I wouldn't say that." Says it when this contact uh, sense sense basis of contact. Remember, this includes mind. When that ceases, it means there's something there, nothing there. He said, "No, I wouldn't say that." What about neither? No, neither or both. Not really. Well, what is it then? He says, "Well, you're you're trying to create an, a thought around something you can't conceive of. Trying to objectify jitta. The proliferating. You're trying to say jitta is that." That exists or shifts, and as soon as you do that, you know, what you're doing right now is make contact. You know, contacting a thought, putting your attention onto that. So very directly, it's that relinquishment, ceasing, and relinquishment that is encouraged. Uh, now this, of course, takes faith and. Perseverance, but you can begin to practice with um, obviously with sense objects. Noticing you put your attention into your legs, your legs light up. Put your attention to your right hand, your right hand lights up. Withdraw attention, it disappears. It's no longer there for you. And so, doing this with your thoughts, learning how to shift away from a thought, counter it, you know, resist it. See it as what it is. Don't get excited or reactive to it. So constantly withdrawing attention from obsessive tendencies. Uh, and then you find that the rash heals. And the rash heals. Well, because jitta will heal it. You, know, you don't have to fiddle with it. You withdraw, withdraw attention from it and cultivate wholesomeness. Jitta will heal by itself. 
So in many ways, this is this is this uh, skill of withdrawal. It's not a denial. It's not a, uh, a kind of a uncompassionate response. It's a process of liberation and healing. And then of course, you know, while these formations continue, one can come forward, but with unbiased attention, without these tendencies, proclivities, asava. And this is certainly what the Buddha modelled for all his life. You know, definitely coming forward, and yet without that, those asava, those tendencies, and that clinging. So let's uh, take a break there, give you some thoughts, some things to turn over, and then one uh, few minutes, and then we can ask questions.